to an all new episode of the Lisa Ann Experience. I am your host, Lisa Ann, and I would like to extend my gratitude to you for making me a part of your listening experience. If you also like to watch the video components of episodes, you can see all the previous episodes on my YouTube channel, The Real Lisa Ann, as well as join the live premiere every Friday night at 8 p.m. Eastern. We get to sit in the chat and kind of review what you're hearing right now, talk more, catch up with my community. It's a great time. I love doing it, and I'm so thankful for everybody that joins, as well as I'm thankful for you right here. I got a guest today, and it is somebody that I crossed paths with recently that I'd been looking so forward to meeting. Before we get to that, though, a little catching up to do, as I like to do at the beginning of each episode. We had a deep, deep, deep conversation for the monologue of last week's episode. The strangest thing has happened, which I'm going to give it another week before I divulge this little thing. But if you haven't watched that monologue, it's an important topic for everyone out there to be aware of what is going on on social media and also to be making sure that you're looking after maybe young ones that are on social media or anyone who could potentially get scammed. A lot of people are just new to the internet. It's not something they grew up with and they're more likely to fall for something. So go back and listen if you haven't already. If you are looking behind me, you are seeing the heat of summer. This is something that you won't get to see till the YouTube premiere, of course. Uh, It is already summer here. We went from a little bit of almost winter again to 75, 86, and 90. Okay, that is the temperature. It is unbelievable, but what I can say is it makes the city so alive. Everybody is out blowing off everything. I was at Bryan Park yesterday afternoon in between some meetings and a podcast interview, and I was like, you know what? I have four hours. It's too nice out to stay inside. I'm going to go meet my friends at Bryan Park. It was packed. The grill bar that's over on the one side packed, the park packed everywhere you went. And that's just exciting to see. It's exciting for all the restaurants, all the businesses, everything that needs to survive here in the city and needs to see people out again. So we'll be enjoying nice weather, have secretly been getting back out in the mornings and getting my Central Park bike ride in. uh, Yes, I'm a city bike user. I love the rental aspect of the bikes. Hop on that thing, ride over to the park, get in the full loop, which is six miles. If I have time, I do it twice, get in a nice 12 mile ride. And it is so beautiful. I love the park. And when you're in a city that you're just surrounded by concrete and tall buildings, having that piece of nature that as soon as I roll into the first path where the bike lane is, you just start to smell the dirt and the grass and the flowers and hear the birds. And it is just such a delight. So it's one of the things I look forward to the most as the weather gets nicer. I did it a couple times when it was cold and it's just not as easy to be on a bike in multiple layers of pants and jackets. You're just not, you don't feel as nimble. So back out with the bike. It's summer here in the city. We're all super excited. And I go to Chicago to Exotica for Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, April 21st, 22nd, 23rd. So of course I've added Chicago back to the weather app so I could start looking and seeing why is Chicago expecting snow on Monday? That's not a great thing, though I love to freeze in the freeze tank. I don't want to freeze on the walk from the hotel to the convention center. It's only across the street, but it's not a great walk in the snow or the rain. So let's not let that happen. 
And I mentioned freezing. And for those of you who have been following me for a while, you know that I'm a big routine person. I take a, a, a really big morning routine and I've kind of adapted that again. And it reminds me, it's very much mimicking when I lived in California because I've started going back to cryotherapy again. The goal is to be going five days a week. If you don't know what cryotherapy is, it is a freeze tank. Uh, there's different, there's different ways to go. Some of them have your head out. I don't like my head out. I like to go into an actual closet style tank where you can stretch and you can raise your arms up. And if I get cold, I do a bunch of squats so I can work out in there while I'm in there. It's a three minute exposure to 230 degrees below freezing. And when you go in, you're prepped, you put on two layers of gloves, socks, rubber clogs, um, all of your elements, a mask, uh, your ears are covered, but you do go in naked. So I go in naked. Some people wear clothes. I'm like, I go in naked. There is something so incredible about the freeze tank, the feeling afterwards, the high that you get from the energy that it gives you, the sleep that you get, because it's just incredible how good you feel, the inflammation that it reduced and getting back into that routine. It's like this whole, well, I love to do it either before or after I work out. So I've been breaking my routine. Last week, I did it after I worked out. This week, I'm doing it before I work out, which means I'm not working out first thing in the morning because it's not open yet. So I'm going there midday. And so what I've been doing is back to getting up, handling my chores, you know, unloading the dishwasher, making my bed, uh, doing my little things in a couple office hours. And then I leave midday cryo and then work out in the afternoon, which is kind of nice. There's nobody at the gym midday. So I've been mixing this up. And what inspired me to mix this up is really reading about how changing your routines can be really good for you and how, you know, adapting to something new can help your brain function in a different way. And so I've been keeping a journal and it's been a new fitness kind of journey for me of, of not doing it first thing in the morning, seeing how my energy feels. I'm sleeping really well. Um, so I'm seeing how all that goes and it works out perfect with the nice weather because I can do a little bike ride after I do my chores before I get to work. Then I can work for a couple of hours. Then I go to the freeze tank. Then I go to the gym. But if you have a cryotherapy chamber or a cryotherapy facility near you, it's definitely something to look into. Um, definitely something for anyone who is sedentary, sitting at a desk all day, or somebody that's working out a lot. Because with that freezing and with that reducing of the inflammation, you can feel so sore. Like I'll feel sore from the bike ride. And when, once I leave the freeze tank, I feel completely great again. I'd love to do the cold bath as well, but this is accessible to me. It's easy. It's something I've loved doing for years. I've already noticed I'm sleeping so much better and I'm so glad to be doing it again. So that's kind of made me switch things up. So for somebody who's always really dedicated to routine, I have found a new energy and I found a new thought process. I've found, I feel less rushed. Um, I'm finding all these things and I'm journaling them because I think it's something that I'll share with you once I complete this first month and what the different feelings were, because it's always interesting to see how we can optimize ourselves in different ways, even though our mind wants to just do it just one, one, one way. So back to cryo. And it feels absolutely fantastic to be freezing. We are here at the NBA playoffs, soon to be finals. MLB is going on. And every Wednesday night, I get to talk all of it with my co-host on Better Sports Live. 
You can follow Better Network on social media. So it's Better Sports Network, but on social media, it's just Better Network. We're now streaming on all platforms. So you don't have to have the app. You can go onto YouTube and I put the links out on all of my social media at The Really Sam, but you can watch the previous shows. You can watch live. You could be in the comments. I'm having a ton of fun with it. Three hours every Wednesday night. And uh, once the draft happens, I'm going to be getting really into best ball drafts for this season. I'm going to invite my friends, my listeners, my followers, everybody to draft with me. Best ball is a really unique platform. If you love fantasy football, but you're a person that doesn't have the additional time to commit to like the waiver wire, to setting your lineup, to all injury reports, what have you. Best ball, you draft a very big team. So it's a double-sized draft as a normal uh, league draft. And your best scores are totaled every week. You've never hit the waiver wire. So if a player of yours gets injured, doesn't matter. They're just out for the season. Someone else is going to come up, right? Because you've drafted this really, really great team, this really big team. You could also draft players who you can't really rely on in a season long league. Cause they're like only effective, you know, four games a season. And, but you always want to drop them, but then you never put them in your lineup. And for those of you who don't play fantasy football, you have no idea what I'm talking about. But for those of you who want to get involved and know the player depth and you've never played fantasy football, I think best ball is a great way for you to start. It's a great mock draft for really understanding player depth, seeing different teams. And it's a great thinking exercise of like, okay, well, I really like, Patrick Mahomes as a quarterback. So why wouldn't I take a wide receiver or a tight end, you know, that he is delivering the ball to. So it makes you kind of realize that, you know, a lot more just from watching your one or two games a weekend. And it's another thing to jog the brain. It's another challenge. It's something that we could do together and it's just incredibly fun. So for those of you there who are kind of wanting to get involved, I'll make sure that I'm promoting and sharing with everyone where we will be doing this. Ticket Rev and I have a little something coming up. It's going to be a lot of fun late April and early May. You're going to see some content. You're going to, you're going to get involved. There's going to be more ticket giveaways. Please give them a follow at Ticket Rev on all social media. When I do run ticket giveaways, you have to be following them, whether it's Instagram or TikTok or both. You've got to be following. You've got to respond in the comments. You've got to tag them in the comments. So I'll make sure the next ticket giveaway we have last one went so well. Uh, but this time we'll be able to get more of you involved because you'll actually follow and understand the assignment. Understanding the assignment is something we all need to do when it comes to the gym, the bedroom, feeling our best at the office. And at some age, things do start to decline, which has brought me to go back to cryo again. And for you, it's going to bring you to ultrafarmrx.com forward slash Lisa. Ever feel like your performance just doesn't measure up? Does worrying about it make it worse? Let me let you in on a little secret. Many men use Viagra and Cialis not just to treat ED, but to boost their performance and last longer. Whether you're in front of the camera or behind closed doors, every man can use a little help to last longer. It's never been simpler to get what you need. At ultrafarmrx.com, you can get doctor-trusted treatments 100% confidential online from your phone. No awkward doctor visits. No waiting in line at the pharmacy. Discreet and confidential, guaranteed. 
Better performance is just a few clicks away at ultrafarmrx.com. Today's guest is in that world of my sports betting that I love, the world of sports talk that I love. You can find all of his work at Book It Sports. You can follow him on social media at Mikey Overs on Instagram, Michael period, J period Overs. And I'll make sure that you have all of these links as well. We met through my friend Elaine, who said, You got to find this kid on social media. You got to meet this kid. I started following him. He didn't reach out, you know just patiently. And then one day I put out a tweet about how my Twitter has become somewhat of a survivor island situation. Will you make it to the next day is the big question. Will you say something that just says to me, this person should be blocked. And so when I put that comment out, Mikey commented under, he's never going anywhere. He's never going to be not on my Twitter island. And from there, we started talking. We realized we were going to be in Vegas at the same time for March Madness. I was hosting an event at Sapphire. So we were going to get together, you know, get to meet each other and do the podcast. We're going to go to Sapphire. We had all these plans. We did everything. But I made sure that when Mikey and his friends were coming to Sapphire, and I'd like to shout out George from Sapphire for making sure this could all happen without a hitch. He sent a car service. So, you know, I wanted them to have the van with the stripper pole in it. Cause that's always really fun to get picked up in. Sent the car service for them. We took care of them. I wanted to show him a great time. The next day we met up, we did their podcast, which you all need to see. You can find everything through his social. And again, you can find it on my social as well, but today you're going to meet my new friend, Mikey Overs. Today I'm sitting here with a friend of mine that was introduced. I finally pinpointed it down. It was my girlfriend, Elaine, who's from Huntington Beach, California, who's a huge sports fan and sent me you, Mikey Overs. She sent me you on TikTok and said, Lisa, you must meet this kid. You have to collab with him. He's fantastic. And a couple months went by. We finally got to meet in Vegas during March Madness. And now we get to talk about you on my podcast. Mikey, thanks so much for joining me today. Yeah, no problem. Shout out Elaine. Let's go. I love Shout that. out Elaine. Afterwards, she was like, what was it like? And I was like, that's right. It was you, Elaine, that initially sent me that post. I scrolled back in text. So you are here in the sports betting space in a big way. Your likes on TikTok are out of control. Your content that you put out is constantly fun and engaging. But I know this is a space that you entered a couple, maybe what, three years ago. So let's talk about Mikey Overs before the Overs were always hitting and what brought you to Book It Sports and doing everything you're doing content related right now. Yeah, I mean, the the journey started, like you said, probably around three years ago, maybe even four years ago, prior to, you know, pursuing the whole content thing. I graduated from, from college in the COVID era, I actually ended up meeting Book It with Trent, um, who's a big social media guy now that I do a podcast with at an internship over at the NFL network. And he, you know, we went to go get lunch one day and he was like, yo, can I pitch you this idea real quick? I just want your thoughts on it. And I was like, yeah, man. And it ended up being like the real early version of book at sports, which was a sports betting app. It like tracked your action. It was supposed to be like a Twitter meets, you know, a bet tracking app. So sports betters had one platform to come to. Um, and he was pitching me this whole thing. And, you know, at the time I never really sports betted before. I never had real exposure to the industry. And I was kind of like, 
I don't know, man. Like, is there not an, enough of an audience to like be sports betting like that where they like would want a platform? Like none of my buddies are sports betting. And then, um, of course, I go to college my senior year. FanDuel gets legalized. Everyone's going crazy. And I was like, yo, this, this kid has an idea. Um, so I ended up doing that. And then, uh, you know, it didn't necessarily work out for us because, you know, as a startup with a bunch of 20-year-olds, you know, that doesn't normally go as great as you'd expect. You know, if I put it on a piece of paper, you'd be like, I don't know if that'll work out, man. Um, but, you know, a couple 20-year-olds, we tried to take on the world of, of the startup industry and sports betting, and it went about as well as you'd think. Uh, but then quick pivot, I ended up, you know, pursuing the content career after watching um, Trent's content and, you know, just kind of threw anything at the wall that stuck. And, you know, I'm here today. So it's been a wild ride. What was it like for you when you decided to start putting yourself out there on social media, uh, you know, learning all the apps, doing the editing, it's a time consuming process and then seeing it land and getting the feedback. What's that like? Yeah. Well, I mean, the first one, you know, it's tough having that conversation with your dad being like, Hey man, um, you know, that degree we just paid for, I think I'm just <laughs> going to go like yell at my phone for a couple hours a day. And see if I can figure that out. Um, no, but I mean, you know, it, it's try. It's, it's really trial by fire. I got to tell you, you know, play, being an athlete growing up, not a great athlete, but I played a lot of sports. You know, you kind of develop that thick skin. But I mean, there's nothing that kind of prepares you for, you know, that first post that goes viral where the pick doesn't go right or people think it's cringy and, you know, you get those comments. And but it, it's like a learning process, trial by fire. Um, so I feel like I've now developed that skin. I feel like I have that like dragon hide now where it's like, you know, nothing really gets me, nothing really bothers me. But man, just being a kid that really never got into social media, really heavy pursuing social media. Whew, that's a trial. That's a trial. Yeah, this was everything all at one time. What was your major in in college that you had to go and tell your dad that you were just going to yell at your phone instead of using it? Yeah, I mean, if you could guess, what would you guess my major would be in college? If I, I would was, say you know, finance. Right on the head. Right on the head. And the reason I say it is, believe it or not, when I first started doing fantasy football in 2013, I learned that a lot of guys in the finance sector were really good at their own almost personal algorithm, right? They understood the math. Mm. They understood the peaks and valleys. They could look at something and be like, okay, well, this was this way last week. It's probably going to be this way. And it wasn't even about the players. They were the betters and fantasy players that just looked at the numbers and that's something that comes straight from finance. So that's probably helped you a lot in this pursuit. So you think, but actually I was more of the people's guy in the finance world. You know, there's like the math heads and then there's the people guy. I was more of the people guy, you know, the numbers never came that, that easily. So I don't have like an algorithm or a model, but you know, I'm okay at math, but I was definitely more of like the people's guy. You know what I mean? Like the group presentation, like I'd open the presentation, I'd have the most slides, you know, stuff like that. I wasn't really the guy where you'd be like, hey, man, back against the wall, we got 420,000 times, you know, whatever number. And I'd be like, I got you. I need the calculator. <laughs> you said you played uh, not well sports. What did you play when you went to school? Yeah, so I was a big soccer guy. Soccer kind of consumed my life um, in high school. Freshman year, I played basketball, soccer, and lacrosse. Uh, but soccer really took over, you know, my, my entire life. Basically, in high school, I was on, on the club circuit and, and did, did the whole all-year-round deal. So when you decided you were going to start doing sports betting, were there sports that were like automatic favorites? Like, yo, I know this sport really well, whether it's college sports, pro sports, and that's where I'm going to start. And what are your limits on things that you're like, I don't touch that. I don't bet it. I don't, I don't give advice on it. Yeah. I mean, starting out, it was really college basketball. I grew up with a dad that, you know, we had season tickets to scene hall basketball games since I was 
and eight years old, you know, going to every single home game for the scene hall pirates. So college basketball and college sports was something that came really easy to me. Cause I'd been watching it my whole life. It's really, it's my favorite sport. It's probably my first love in terms of something that, you know, whatever game is on, I'll watch. It doesn't matter. I was watching the, I think it was the D2 like championship during like March Madness is because it was like on during like a Friday afternoon. I was like, I'll just watch this. These guys are hooping. Uh, but it was, it's college. It's, it was always college basketball. And, you know, I'm a big college over pro guy. So college football over the NFL. Um, but in terms of my limits, I really have none. I kind of started uh, the, the real first taste of like everyday gambling I got was over COVID actually betting on Russian ping pong with my buddies over FaceTime while we would just dis- <laughs> like destroy white claw cases. Cause that was like a craze back in like 2020. So yes. there's really nothing that I won't bet on or give advice on. I used to give out Russian table tennis parlays like real, real early. Um, but no, it's like, there's real no limit. I'll bet on, I was just betting on cornhole last weekend. Like there's really nothing I won't bet on, you know, as long as it's fun to watch. So let's break down what this takes, right? Somebody's going to see a quick video. They don't realize how much time it puts you put into the video. But before the video, when you're deciding, wake up, Mikey wakes up. I don't know what time you get up, what your routine is in the morning, but you wake up and you decide like, because you have to actually do some research. You have to know if it's a baseball game, who's playing, who's not playing, who's pitching, all of these different variables. How much work do you put in pregame before you actually put yourself in front of your phone and start yelling at it. Yeah. I mean, well, first you got to warm up the vocal cords. Cause you know, the yelling's coming soon. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, no, it's, it's an all day thing. You know, probably I'm doing research right up before I post, uh, you know, I, I wake up and I'll do what I call a gut check or I don't look at the lines. I just look at the matchups and the games uh, and I'll be like, you know what? I don't mind the Padres today. And then all this stuff. And then I go see what Vegas thinks about the games. Uh, so that's kind of something that I've done since the beginning, even before I was doing content, just when I was betting with my buddies and, you know, we'd be throwing parlays in a group chat. So I always do my gut check early in the morning where I don't look at the lines. I just look at the games and the matchups. Um, and then, you know, I, I really dive into, I'm a big, you know, I'm not a big ugly better in terms of, I'm, I'm not really looking at, you know, the splits, where the money's at. I don't really like that whole side of gambling. Not that I don't think it's useful, but I'm a big matchups guy. You know, like when I played sports, the thing that mattered most was who's matching up with who, right? That's where you find your weaknesses. That's where you find your strengths. So I think that's kind of a big thing for me, especially when I bet college basketball, especially when I bet college football. Uh, it's I'm, I'm a big, big matchup guy, especially now in baseball, pitching-wise, you know, lefties, righties. Has he historically hit well against this guy? Is he hitting well right now? So kind of like stuff like that is that I really, really prioritize. And then, you know, right before I post, I'll be like, All right, well, where's the, money? where's the money at? I got to know where the money's at. Because that is somewhat of an indicator, but it also can turn a bet into a sucker bet because somebody will go in. I love how you call it a gut check because, you know, during the Masters, a friend, I was like, I was so blown away at ROM, right? And I was like, we just didn't see it going that way. And I had a friend that like had a gut feeling about ROM like two weeks before and he got Mm -hmm. talked out of it. I'm like, yo, like you should have just put something on it. Like you can't go against your gut. And he's like, yeah, but I was like looking at the lines and so... That's where you get to the data point in sports betting where you could be consuming too much information and almost pushing down your own gut feeling. Oh, no. Yeah, 100%. I don't check Twitter uh, like the scrolling feed until I've posted like my plays because I don't want to see what anyone else is on. I don't want to see what anyone's posting about. I don't want to see anything like that because I don't know why, but in, only in gambling, my brain can be switched like that. Like if there's someone that I trust in the industry and I see a tweet and they're like Reds first five and I hated the Reds before that, I'll be like, oh shit, like 
it really the Reds today? And it'll like ruin my whole day. So I really don't scroll the feed until I post my plays. I'll go on and like post a tweet or like a photo, but I will never like scroll through my entire for you feed on, on Twitter until after I've, you know, put my shit out. Cause I don't want to be influenced at all. Cause then, cause then I play the blame game. I'm like, God damn it, dude. Like, why did I even listen to you? Like I should have just went with my gut. And you know, I think one thing as a sports better that, you know, I always preach is like, just go with your gut. Cause at the end of the day, you're going to have, it's going to be easier for you to sleep if you lost because of you, not because you, you trusted somebody else. So that's always been my motto too. I'd rather lose with my pick than you know, put my faith behind someone and lose and be like angry at them when it's not their fault. And how long did it take you to develop the strategy of saying, I am not going to go and look at the feed on Twitter until I pay, I post my picks so that I don't like, did you make a couple of moves and then you realize, Oh, I shouldn't do that. Yeah. I mean, they're definitely early on. It was like, I need to see what everyone's on. I need to see what everyone's on. Like, and then you know, I'd, I'd love a play, go see what everyone's on and be like, oh, I get why they're on that. Yeah, I'll switch. And then it'd be like, I'd lose my bet. And then like, what are we doing here, dude? Like, what are we doing here? You know? So I think that, this, that really started early. Are you doing this seven days a week right now, Mikey? Yeah. No Whoa. off days. No off days at all? No, there's sports on every day. I know, but that's such a grind. It's very different for you because you do not have to do hair and makeup. And I always say like guys can create content seven days a week, but like mm. myself, I have to have one day a week where I don't put any makeup on. It's just like a thing. It's like, I don't want my, I don't want to look at my own face that day. And I know if I don't put makeup on, I won't shoot content. I won't put my face in front of my camera. And sometimes I just need to stop looking at it. You know, you're editing your stuff. You're looking at yeah. clips. Like we as creators become so critical and also just so like, Oh, I hated that. And so I need a break from that once a week. No, I mean, I feel that I, I don't really want to look at my face ever in the camera. So, you know, it's kind of like a, that's a seven day struggle, too. You know, and I don't get I don't get makeup. I'll wake up and be like, damn, we're looking hit today. All right, guys, who stays parlayed plus 570. It's like, you know, whatever it is. But, you know, I've actually I don't think I've ever said this on um on any podcast, but I think the reason why I kind of do that, that seven day grind is because real early on, um, I'd be posting and I'd find guys that would DM me on Twitter and Instagram and they'd be like, hey, man, like have fun at the bars tonight. Like I'm going to be at home sweating these games. Uh, like yada, yada, yada. Hope all goes well. Like let's get this parlay. Let's get this parlay together. And, you know, I think that was one of the things that really made me kind of want to pursue this heavily is especially the seven day a week thing. There's, there's a lot of people that love sports out there that don't have people to watch sports with. Um, and I think that, you know, the reason why I'm so active on every platform is I kind of feel like I can be that de facto friend on the internet where it's like, man, I'm on the Yankees. Like, fuck man, like what's Mikey saying about the Yankees? Cause they might not have a friend that loves sports or anything. They might not have a friend that loves sports. So I think that's also why I try to stay committed to the seven day thing. Cause you know, I think social media can be a great thing. Uh, and you can be kind of that like shoulder on the internet when someone really doesn't have any friends or have anyone to hang out with that night. Um, they can not necessarily live through you, you know, when I'm at the bars, but you can be that friend where they're, you know, someone to lean on to be like, damn, like I had the Yankees too. And I'm tweeting about the Yankees and they're like, thank God he's mad too. Cause that shit pissed me off. So I think that's kind of why I've really tried to stay consistent with the seven day a week thing, honestly. I love it. I mean, sports bring people together and you know, you have friends that like love basketball, but hate baseball. And so like, you do want to talk to somebody about the baseball game with, and your friends don't want to talk about baseball. So it makes mm -hmm. perfect sense. And you're in that space. When I met you, 
I met your cohort. We're going to go by Book It with Trent since that's his social and everybody knows him. You two do a podcast with Book It Sports and you do a ton of content with Book It Sports. So mm -hmm. I got to be a guest on your podcast. I'm going to make sure I put the link in here so whoever didn't see it yet goes back and watches it. It was great to be a part of your podcast. But how often do you guys put out that podcast and how often are you in Trent? putting content out for book it sports. I know yeah, so you are seven days a week. Yeah. He, he's, he's a seven day a week guy too. Um, we do the podcast three days a week, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday is when the episodes drop. Um, and in terms of, you know, content for book it, I think as book it creators, everything we do is for book it. Right. I mean, at the end of the day, our goal is, is to grow a brand and, and grow a company that, you know, people in the sports and sports betting world come to like respect and, and love. I think at the same time, um, we're really trying to build that identity of, you know, the young kids on the block. Uh, so every every piece of content we do is for Book It. There's not a piece of content that we put out and it's like, all right, that that's kind of for me. No, I think everything that we do in terms of growing, you know, our brands and our reach is, is at the end of the day to be able to be like, hey, we also have this great company, by the way, called Book It Sports. I don't know if you heard about it, but, um, you know, it's something that the people can get behind, kind of like a bar stool and stuff like that, where people can identify with, you know, not only you, but your company because of, you know, what you guys stand for and the content that you are putting out. So, I mean, Trent's on the same seven day grind. And, uh, you know, I think we're just trying to enjoy the journey right now. We have that conversation a lot. Um, you know, I think a lot of people, especially me early on, you, you want it all now, right? It's a, like, especially the social game with followers. You want it all right now. I want a million followers tomorrow. I want a million followers in an hour. How do I get that video that gets 5 million views? Um, but, you know, I think this past year, we've kind of made it a conscious effort to try to be like, let's like enjoy the journey a little bit, right? Not a lot of people get to do the social media thing and and do it as well as, as we're doing it right now. So right now, trying to make a conscious effort of just enjoying that journey and being like, you know what? Seven days a week might not work out in a year, two years. So let's enjoy the the seven day a week grind that we're on right now and, and just kind of enjoy the process and not not be looking so much forward to being like, all right, when our podcast is number one, you know, when I'm the biggest creator on TikTok, you know, and, and playing that whole game. I think it's smart because you're never going to get anywhere because you're always going to be disappointed and you're building a consistent following that knows you're going to put out consistent content. Three days a week mm -hmm. for a podcast is a lot. Gives everyone something that can, can you know, you kind of recap what plays were great, what plays weren't, what you're looking forward to in the week that's coming. Um, I sat down with David last week here in the city, and I was thrilled to know that you guys actually have a creator house. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't live in the house. I actually live in an apartment because um, the house was full when I moved out here. But yeah, the, the house is awesome. It's, it's like a great spot to come together and be like, all right, let's put our brains together and, and, and try to make something special today. And it's awesome because when we were talking about, it, I'm like, for content purposes, the fact that you're all together and no one's having to upload content to an editor that's waiting for it. Like everything can get done in the content house. So your stuff can go up right away. And there's not just like all of this wait time, but you did pick an apartment with good lighting, which I know was strategic because we have to have good lighting because we're going to be shooting content all the time. To. And you have a sick to. patio where you also shoot content. Had to, I had to, had to. I literally, when I was looking at apartments, there was like a living room with an all glass. I'm looking at it right now. It's like an all glass sliding door. And I was like, yeah, no, that, that's the one. I was like, I need that. It's a whole, like the sun comes right through. It's all glass. I was like, yeah, no, I'm going to need that one. It saves you from all your lighting issues. It makes your blue mm -hmm. eyes sparkle. You get great that's light tough. all the time. And it's easier to stay motivated when you have natural light. There's absolutely no doubt about it. Let's talk about what you think's coming up uh, for us. So we know we've got the NFL draft around the corner. Um, 
it's going to be an interesting time since we still have these conversations, these doubts with Aaron Rodgers. We still have doubts with Lamar Jackson. Mm-hmm. Odell Beckham signing and Lamar Jackson not saying sounds incredibly strange to me. What are your thoughts on these two topics and when the deals are going to get done? Yeah, I mean, I'm a huge Jets guy, so I'm just confused what's going on. Like, we're signing everyone. Aaron Rodgers goes on the Pat McAfee show, and he's like, yeah, it's my intention to play for the Jets. And then the Jets are like, well, you know, I don't know if we're, we can actually trade for you right now. So I don't know what's going on. Like, every day that the Jets put out, like, a new signing thing, I always quote you, and I'm like, oh, that's not Aaron Rodgers. So, like, I'm really just waiting till we sign him. Uh, like, and now it's I'm hearing murmurs on, like, some some Twitter feeds that he we're not going to sign him this year. That something's going on. Like we don't have the compensation that the Packers want. Then we might have to wait till draft day to see what's going on. So that's just been a whole like as a Jets fan. Like I finally thought we had him. You know the Alan Lazard trade comes through, and then Aaron goes on the Pat McAfee show, and I was like, oh my god, guys, we might we might go on a little run here. But our quarterback right now is at Sands of Zach Wilson, so that's a little scary too. Um, but, I mean, the Lamar Jackson situation is so confusing because it's like, who's going to throw Odell the ball? Why are they at the right. club? Why would you crazy? sign that deal for one year when you know that year is really about marketing all of your numbers for your deal the next year? Mm-hmm. And, like, they're at the club together, but Lamar is not staying in Baltimore because he requested a trade. Like, I don't know what's going on there. But I just saw Odell was actually at the Ravens practice facility with his son today. So, I guess he's all bought in on Baltimore. He's bought in. He did a presser yesterday. You know, at least for once, the the blame game is no longer on Aaron Rodgers himself because we actually got his word that he's just waiting it out. I know it's about a first-round draft pick, the $56 million cap hit, which is a huge one. But, you know, today I was listening, this morning I was listening to some coverage talking about it, and they mentioned something interesting. Next year's draft is actually a richer draft class, so it would be smart for the Jets to not push for that first-round pick this year and ask for it for next year and have better value next year with better options in what their needs would be because they don't need a quarterback Mm. if they get Aaron Rodgers. But believe me, being in New York and this question not being answered is the craziest thing because everybody just wants this deal done so bad. And it's so reminiscent of Brett Favre. I re- you were very young then, but the deal kind of happened the same way. Yeah, I remember. I remember. I mean, after that kind of Brett Favre, we turned into a retirement home where we just kind of grabbed everyone that was past their prime. We were like, oh, Matt Forte, you want to come over here? Like Brandon Marshall, we'll get a year out of you, man. It was like, it was like a whole, like that's, as a Jets fan, it's been a brutal road. So I'm just hoping like Aaron Rodgers still has like a little bit left in the tank. Since this is timely and we're going to release this episode right away next week for us, let's talk about the NBA playoffs because we got so many teams that shockingly got there. We've got rounds that look easy and rounds that don't, but I've got to start in Los Angeles. So surprised that LA was able to win. What was it? nine nine wins two losses like in that last stretch to get them out you know didn't even think they were going to make the play-in game no yeah that was nuts I mean also how crazy is that it comes down to a Dennis Schroeder three in the corner to like send them and then Anthony Davis just all-time brain fart fouls the guy with three with like 0.1 seconds left and he makes all three free throws for Mike Conley but no I mean this playoffs is going to be insane and I think you know they're they're the favorite right now but to me, that it doesn't feel like the favorite in the court of public opinion. And I, I think the Bucs are probably going to run it back. I'm not, not run it back, but I think the Bucs probably get another one here. I mean, it just feels like the year where no one's talking about them. No one's talking about the Bucs. The year they won, it felt like everyone was kind of talking about them. And every time they make noise, it kind of feels like the team that no one's talking about does it. You know, you think about Toronto with Kawhi. No one was talking about that team. But if you watched 
the game tape on that team all year, you'd be like, this team actually probably has a really good shot of winning it. Um, but no one's talking about the Bucks. Everyone's on the Suns. Everyone's the all over those Celtics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and I think, you know, when the Bucks are playing and they're on, I don't think anyone in the NBA can really touch them. So it just depends if they can get a couple good series together. You know, it's it's too bad because the Bucks, we know what they are. We know what Giannis is. But Giannis kind mm-hmm. of reminds me of like Mike Trout and Otani in, in in Southern California for the Angels. It's like they don't get enough credit. And it was that World Baseball Classic that was on. And my friends were like, that don't follow baseball. They're like, how are these two players on the same team? And they're so good. And nobody knows who they're. I'm like, cause they play for the angels. Like you don't understand if they played for the Dodgers, we'd be having a different conversation. It's like the Lakers and Clippers in LA. Nobody talks about the Clippers the same way, but I think this is going to be interesting. Sacramento breaking a 16 year non playoff attendance streak. Just that alone, in the beginning of the season, my co-host Rick Kamla said Sacramento is going to be a team to watch this year. They're going to go really far. And I was like, really? Sacramento? And here they are. And these are the teams that I just don't think people really give enough credit to that can play scrappy and get it done. Yeah, I mean, the the light, the beam bit for Sacramento is like my buddies and I's favorite thing right now. Every time we go out to the bar, since we're all in separate areas now, Whenever we have our first drink, we always we have like a Snapchat group chat and we'll record our first drink and be like, all right, boys, light the beam. And then it'll be like the first sip of the night and like you'll get like six of them in a row and it's like my favorite thing ever. But no, I love this Kings team. I mean, that's another team you think, you know, a, a thing that I look forward to when I'm, when I'm betting on teams, especially in the playoffs is, you know, how deep is your starting five, right? And then obviously off the bench, how good is your depth? In the NBA, you know, Bench depth, I think it's important, but because it's the NBA, really anyone can give you 20 any night of the week. It just depends if they're on. Um, but you think about that Sacramento Kings team, outside of you know the obvious De'Aaron Fox, Kevin Herter is a guy that moves the needle, I think, for that team more than a lot of people give him credit for with how he's just a sniper. He's just a sniper. Like If you leave him open four shots, he's going to make four shots. So I think having guys like that, you think about iconic teams that win championships. You know, you got guys like Danny Green that do the same thing, Ray Allen that do the same thing. Not going to put Kevin Herter on that level. But, you know, for teams like the Kings, you need a guy that makes shots like that consistently and, you know, doesn't need to be shooting the whole game. So I think Kevin Herter is kind of the guy in that team that I, that I look at that's like, all right, he moves that needle for the Sacramento Kings, and he's going to be important in the playoffs because if he's playing well, they, they play well. Yeah, if he's hot. Now, do you also – I know you do a lot of parlays. Do you do you bet props as well? Oh, yeah, I love props. That's kind of how oh, I got into betting favorite. was I would do NBA props back in the okay. day. Okay. Props are my favorite. I mean, it's my first, like, bite on a nibble because once you do the math on your props, you can actually be like, well, now I should bet this game because now if I'm, if I'm thinking, you know, mm. you know – Jamar is going to get over so many points or is, you know, so many rebounds or you, you just get so into the everything about it and the matchups and who's, who's missing, who's going to be defending LeBron, who's going to be defending Anthony Davis. So like props are incredibly fun. When you look at parlays, how do you build them and not be in fear that you're going to make it to the last leg of that parlay and it's going to ruin your whole day? Oh no! I mean, Trent and I have this theory that, and this this belief that once you place a parlay, it's dead. So I don't I don't really think about that. Like once I put in the parlay, it's a loser. You know, that's just something as a sports better you just come to you know recognize. That you're like, yeah, it's gonna ruin my night. Like, but then you get to that last second, you're like, hold on a minute, we might we might have a little life here. Let's just take a minute here and breathe. Uh, no, but I mean, when you're putting together a parlay, I mean, you know, it's a classic sports betting, you know, social media media thing where you know parlays are the dumb bet. Parlays are you know, the stupid bad parlays are the sucker bad parlays are how you lose money.
But, you know, I think it's also okay for people to have fun with sports betting. And I think parlays are the most fun. Obviously, when you're back against the wall, you need a couple units. A parlay always helps out because you get, you know, a bigger bang for your buck. But I think there should be a little bit of a shift in, in the sports betting world, which is why I think this new era of guys like me and Trent are important in that sports betting can also be fun. Like you can throw together a parlay with your buddies and throw five bucks on it just for the fun of it on a Friday and be like, yo, are we at the last leg? Like who sold it? Like you're an idiot. You're a genius. So I think, you know, when I put together a parlay though, the minute I place it, I, I, I already move on. <laughs> I, move I think on. you're Even if taking, I love it. like I love it. But I move yeah. On. You got it. You got it. And then if it, it's a bonus, you're taking the mindset of fantasy sports because people love fantasy sports because it brought them closer with their 11 other teams and their 12 team league through the season. You talk smack, you're in a group chat. You're taking what people loved about fantasy sports and you're bringing it into a very unique way with book it sports into sports betting where the parlay is like, Hey, we're planning on watching all these games tonight. We're going to stay connected through the night in our group chat. And we're going to have a lot of fun. If we lose $5, it is not the end of the world, but we're going to have fun doing it the whole time. That's a lot of fun for $5. Yeah. I mean, of course, I mean, I'm betting a little bit more than $5 these days, but I think, you know, whatever the unit is you're using, as long as it's fun for you, you know, I always say, um, don't ever bet anything you're not willing to lose, right? Like if you're not willing to lose five bucks, don't bet five bucks, you know, throw a dollar on it. If you're not willing to lose a hundred dollars, don't bet a hundred dollars because it's going to ruin your night. Um, but yeah, I mean that, that's kind of, that's kind of the thesis, right? Like let's throw some bets together and have some fun on a night. I think that's really what, you know, sports betting can be. And I think that's what makes sports so much fun when you think about, you know, when you're a kid growing up, the best times are when you're watching sports with your friends, just going crazy. Even when you didn't have money on the game, you'd be like, all right, are we, are we watching the Super Bowl at, at, at Carson's house tonight? Like, can we get some pizza and some Gatorades? Like, I'm ready to go crazy when you're in, like, middle school. And then you get to be an adult, and you're like, all right, we're going to the bar. Let's just fire up a four-teamer and see where it takes us. So I think that's kind of the thesis, right? I love that you have so much fun with this and you've got such a great team at Book It Sports, getting to spend time with your group at Circus Swim. That was my first time there. It's pretty awesome. Let's go. I could live there. Like I could go there every Sunday to watch games. Because imagine even in the winter in Vegas, it's nice enough. Sure, you're not going to be in a bathing suit. You're going to be like comfortable, like sweats, t-shirt, whatever. But like just to be outside and be able to drink mm. and watch the games, like that's pretty sick. I will say, though, the only thing that sucks is when your bet's losing and it's like you're just listening to a club soundtrack while your soul's <laughs> leaving your body. Like, there's nothing better than, like, when it's hitting and it's just music and you're, like, dancing. You're like, oh, it was always that. But then when you're <laughs> losing and it's like, that boy's a lion, you're just like, dude, I really, I'm, I'm going to, I might throw myself into this pool and just, like, shut my eyes. And then you have to walk through the whole casino kind of to get out of there. And it's just like that yeah. wake up call of leaving a club when you feel like shit. And you're like, how close are we to the exit? And how long is the Uber long line going to be? Like that whole bit of drama you've got to go through when reality kicks in. Yeah, you got the guy with the torch in front of you. He was like, we got two more hours. We're almost <laughs> to the end. And you're just like, what time is it? We were just well, at a Mikey, pool. You know, I love you and Trent and the whole team at Book It Sports. I've just, I love that this, that Elaine sent your info to me and I started to follow. Your content is amazing. Your energy is amazing. I'm looking forward to us collabing more. Can of you course. give my listeners everything they need to know from social media to all the deets about Book It Sports? Yeah, absolutely. Um, You can find me on social media, Mikey Over Everywhere, except Instagram. It's michael.j.overs. And then Book It Sports on every platform. We run a Twitch stream every day for Trent called The Surgical Stream, where you know you come on and give picks for him Monday through Friday. 
Um, but yeah, we're, we're starting something special over here and we're just, we're excited to keep going. So that's, and I also have a podcast called TFM bets Monday through Monday, Wednesday, and Fridays every week. So make sure you guys check that out. And they can find that as well. What's the YouTube channel for TFM bets? It's called TFM bets is one word. Okay, great. Easy for everyone. I'll make sure I put links as well. But Mikey, I'm so glad we met. I look forward to more with you and I cannot wait to put together a parlay with you for some of these playoffs. Yeah, absolutely. Let's pay for some drinks. I really appreciate you for having me on. Let's pay for some drinks and get you one of those twins. God, this close. <laughs> Have they responded to you? So we we had like some some interaction on on the TikTok and they were viewing all my Instagram stories, but you know, I don't know how cool it is to like be interacting with a sports betting guy when you're like a college athlete. You know, I don't know how oh. that works. But but they just they just forego forgone for forgoed. Would it be foregoed their fifth year? Forgo yeah, that yeah. wasn't an English major, just for everyone listening. Uh, they foregoed their fifth year. So, I mean, the best of luck to them. But I was this close, you know, this close. I'm, I'm rooting for you, Mikey, just as everybody else. Give them a follow. I will make sure you have all the social media addresses and make sure that you check out all that is great with Book It Sports. Have a great day, Mikey. Appreciate you as always. I really loved the conversation because I got to learn some things that, that I think we all need to think about. Like, sure, sports betting should be fun. It shouldn't be something you're putting money into that if you lose it, it's going to be devastating and you're going to be mad. You should be doing this for fun. And Mikey is definitely doing it for fun. And when you start to follow him, you will fall into the fun that I fell into. He's such a great content creator. So is Trent, who you can follow at Book It With Trent. But check out everything Book It Sports. Check out their podcast, TFM Bets. I was on it. You can follow that podcast on Instagram at TFM Bets. But it is the moment you're all been waiting for. It is time for the mailbag. If you have a question for you for me and you would like to be a part of the mailbag, you can send your emails to asklisaann at gmail.com. Let's go for the first one, which I think is a very important email. Kevin says, is the private account on TikTok a fake account? And it's spelled the real T-H-E-R-E-A-L-I-S-A-N-N. It is not spelled the real Lisa Ann. It's missing an L and it's missing an A. And yes, Kevin, that is a fake account. Uh, my big weekend plans, uh, my evening plans are to be submitting my trademarks to all these individual pages. I just got all the instructions from TikTok on what I need to do to get these pages removed. Looks like each one's a 20 minute process. No problem. I'll probably get really fast at it after I do them. I put together a little spreadsheet and I'm going to bang them out over the weekend. So that is a fake account. My only account on TikTok is at the real Lisa Ann, spelled T H E R E A L L I S A. A-N-N. Don't fall for imposters. My only pages on all platforms are the release and including my YouTube channel as well. Next question comes from Francis. I am 40, but over the last couple of years, been on the odd date. I lost weight, but still a bit fat and look younger. They say I'm a nice guy, but not having much success with women. What can I do to improve myself at least? Francis. Well, Francis, first of all, uh, you have a negative image of yourself. Uh, you are describing yourself as not great. So first you need to see yourself 
as the great person that you are. If you are looking at your image and there's something about it that you think you could work harder on and that would give you a sense of pride, then then get in some extra time at the gym or some walks or work on your diet and your nutrition. Because when you feel better about yourself, what you're going to project to others is going to make them feel better about you as well. We are a mirror reflection of what we show and what we view. If you want to watch The Secret, which I recommend over and over and over again, but The Secret documentary on Netflix, or you could read the books, a great way for you to understand what I'm talking about, that life is so magnetic and like attracts like. So when you're putting out there that you don't feel great, then someone else is picking up that you don't feel great. It starts with you, Francis. Do whatever it is that you think is going to make you feel better and then paint that beautiful picture of yourself and wear that confidence on your sleeve because you will meet somebody if you continue to try. Next question from our friend Petra says, I choose the food category today. Okay. You get to do that. Hello, Lisa. Since several years, there's been a hype about insects as a source of protein in Europe. I've seen Have you ever tasted insects and what are your thoughts on it? Yes, I've tried grasshoppers, but I know other insects are not my jam. Thanks for your time. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the Masters. This was an email from last week before the Masters, but I just got it into this week's mailbag. So no, Petra. I love that you've tried grasshoppers. And yes, I've read and seen so much conversation about a high source of protein. But then I look at the size of the bug and think how much protein could be in that little thing. So I've never tried any. I never even buy like somebody pranked me and didn't tell me. I have never tried any insects. Proud of you for trying the grasshoppers. And if you remember, that was there was a show. I think it was called Fear Factor. I couldn't watch it because there was always an insect scene. And insects just make my skin crawl. So um, I couldn't watch it. And so I am like, it's impressive. I do see the conversation, even at like gourmet restaurants, they talk about bugs. And so that's a real thing. Good for you for doing it. Next email comes in right here from our friend Braid. I want to start a new side business to work on becoming more financially independent. I'm very nervous because I'm starting something new at 40 years old. I want these new endeavors to be very successful. What great advice would you give for a person to build a side business at an older age? Thank you for all of your support, and I hope you enjoy your day. Braid. First of all, Braid, stop calling us old. Because if you think you're old in your 40s, how old does that make me? Uh, Turning 51 in May. Um, You know, I think it's really important to take your social media and follow some really great uh, strategists and entrepreneurs. Uh, I started following Cody Sanchez after I met her at um, the Lyceum event that I did in Miami. And from that event, I started following quite a few other incredible minds in the business space and in the side hustle space and in different things. Remember that you might not always be successful when you first try something, but the exciting thing is this is something new and you'll you'll, you'll just power through it, right? So overnight success is not common, so don't expect it. If you have it, let it be a delight. And you're going to find yourself 
in a new space mentally where it's like, oh, I've got this side hustle, something that's burning, you know, the flame for you, that's exciting you, something that you're learning about, something that you're experimenting with. You'll also start to realize that you're having more conversations with other people who also have side hustles. And that's interesting as well. We're living in a world, in an economy where having just one job to get ahead may not be enough. Remember the commercials for Uber, start a side hustle. Um, and that, and so we're, we're seeing this and I think it's great for you because it's going to give you something to look forward to after your other job. It's going to give you something to learn more about consistently reading from the great minds in business is very important. So if you can put, you know, a chapter or two down a day, whether it's a chapter in the morning, a chapter at night, or whether it's you want to sign up for some newsletters, I get Cody's newsletter now uh, and read it every day. So finding other people smarter than us that give us information that can make us smarter is key. And putting yourself on a schedule so that you know how this is going to affect the other things you've got going on in your lives, your social time with your friends. Your Because for the first year, you might not have as much freedom and flexibility in your schedule, but you're going to find it so worth it. And you'll make new friends by what you're doing because that's part of starting something new as well. But I'm super excited for you, Braid. I know that you're going to be successful and I know that you have the patience and the tenacity to stick with this. And I can't wait to hear more about it. Kudos to you for trying something new, but we are not old, buddy. You're only 40. Okay. You're not old. We've got two more here. Next email for the Ask Lisa Ann mailbag. Jay says, thoughts on a technology crash. If you think it'll happen, and if so, would you would you be prepared to deal with it? Well, I think we're at a place where we're seeing, you know, a shift, right? We're also seeing some fears with the economy. This is the first time where we've been struggling. You know, other countries are going through things, which affects us. The dollar is, is losing a bit of strength and we're leaning on technology in such an incredible way. The fact that, you know, more meetings are being held via Zoom. The fact that we can no longer live without phone, minimum one, most people have two. You're running a business on one, you're using one for other things. The amount of technology that we now need to be able to just survive makes me believe that no matter what, we are going to get through this. We've gotten through the Great Depression, which my grandparents lived through. We've gotten through every other adjustment. So I think the most important thing, you know, I always read the posts that a previous guest, personal finance guy, puts out. And he always talks about live beneath your means, save your money. If you're doing those same things that you're not looking at the dips in the economy right now, you're looking at the long-term growth, you're looking at 10, 20, 30 years from now. Always being sure that we have our own reserve of saved money, always being sure that we have the things we need, but that we're preparing for if something does transition or change. I don't see a full crash coming in the technology sector because of how much we do lean on it. But I understand the fear that's put out there right now. I understand there's so much news that is kind of one way or the other. There's a shock value to it. And they're almost a, a thought that they want us living in fear. And there's no reason to live in fear. It's just a, a bump in roads that we're always going to be up and down. Stock market does the same thing. So just wait it out. Stay patient. Don't live beyond your means and save your money. Follow at Personal Finance Guy or Personal Finance Club. And uh, you'll love it because he gives out such great information. Jeremy was a great guest on the Lisa Ann Experience. You can look that up as well. One more. 
And this ties into today with Mikey Overs that you can follow on social media at Mikey Overs. You can also check out Book It Sports. You can find him on IG, Michael.j.overs. And uh, our friends Mark and Peggy write to us for this last email right here in the Ask Lisa Ann mailbag. Hello, Miss Lisa Ann. I came across a podcast you had with Trent and Mikey. I guess you had it two weeks ago, but I just broadcasted today. I liked it as there are a few things about you that I had forgotten. And I've admired your ring for some time. It looks like a band's ring in shape and size. Can you give us the backstory on that beautiful ring? It looks like you're having fun. Keep doing that, but be safe. We're continuing to watch your podcast, your friends, Peggy and Mark. So he's talking about this ring right here. And this is not ring. I guess you can't see it. It is a uh, black. It is an onyx and silver David Yerman woman's ring. This is a woman's ring. And there is a story behind this ring. I have the whole set. I have a necklace. I have a matching pair of earrings. So if you remember on the show, Friends, Jennifer Aniston was the person that always tried to exchange or return gifts. I'm that person. So I'd gotten a gift from David Yerman. And it was one piece of jewelry and it was beautiful, but it was more fancy than anything that I would wear on a day to day. And so I had sent a photo of it to my friend who's very into David Yerman jewelry. And she told me immediately how much it was worth. And she's like, oh, that's this right here. Sends me the link to the page. I'm like, okay, I don't think I'm keeping this. I think I'm going to take it back. David Yerman is, is brand new. Didn't never wore it. David Yerman is great with returns, exchanges, what have you. And I was able to get a necklace, earrings, and this ring by exchanging in that fancy necklace. So I know it's awful, but wouldn't you want someone that you bought a gift for to have the thing they actually want to use the thing they actually got as opposed to putting something in a drawer and never used it. So that is the story behind my black onyx ring from David Gearman, Mark and Peggy. I thank you for asking as I thank all of you for listening. I thank Ultra Farm RX and Ticket Rev for sponsoring my podcast. You can go to ultrafarmrx.com forward slash Lisa. Learn more about the product to get quick survey. A licensed physician will get back to you. And if you are given the green light that you are able to get what you need from ultrafarmrx.com, it will be delivered to you in discreet packaging. All of this only takes about two minutes. So I would look into it if you can. It takes less than two minutes to follow at Ticket Rev on all platforms, as well as at Book It Sports, at Mikey Overs, and at Book It with Trent. Thank you all for the emails. You can be a part of the mailbag, askleaseann at gmail.com. I will be at Exotica in Chicago, April 21st, 22nd, and 23rd. On May 6th, which is a Saturday, I will be hosting a birthday pool party at Sapphire in Las Vegas. On May 13th, which is a Saturday, but at night, I will be hosting a party at Bounce in New York City, June 9th through 12th. I will be in Athens, Greece at the Erotic Art Festival, signing at the Sugar Babes TV booth. In July, I'll be at Miami Exotica. In November, I will be in Jersey. I will be in D.C. in December. Lots of events coming up. I hope that I get to see you in person, take a photo with you, sign a copy of your book, and just share some conversation. If you want to hear my sports talk, let me remind you, it is every Wednesday, 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time. My show, Better Sports Live, with my co-host, Rick Kamla, on the Better Sports Network, which is now available for watching on all platforms. I thank you all for listening to my podcast. And that is it with a great new episode for all of you of the Lisa Ann Experience.